Hello everybody, welcome back to another podcast. Another like, uh, I, I guess that I always like, because um, I've been, I got asked the other day actually from somebody like a, a good friend who said I wouldn't mention her name, so I generally won't mention your name, but I know you watch this, so what's happening? But uh, she's like, uh, you should get some people, you get some people, more people that are involved in uh, women's football because you've had somebody on, but we're in, you, you tend to like, you know, just we're, we're interested. So is the, the opportunity came up to have uh, today's guest, which is uh, Lewis Britton. So how are you doing, mate? I'm not bad, mate. Yourself? Yeah, I'm all right. Thanks. I'm all right. I've got a horrendous cough, as you heard before, but honestly, I'm <laughs> all good. It's, it's, I'm all good, but I don't know what it is. But anyway, um, so involved in, like, I'm always curious with yourself and when it comes to getting involved in, um, before we go into, like, your past and stuff, mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to getting involved in uh, women's football and men's football, what was the reason you choose women's over men's? Or was it just, like, you? it just kind of came up? It, it just it just kind of came about, um, but to be fair, when I started working in women's football, it, it kind of gave me like the the love of the game for it and the bite for it because anybody that's worked in women's football knows that it's you get a more of a response when you coach in women's football. Um, obviously, I've coached um, young toddlers all the way up to men um, in the men's game, and I've also I've coached women's teams and I'm part of a women's set up just now so anytime I've been involved within women's football you always feel like what you're trying to bring across and what you do for the girls is always appreciated more than you get in men's football Um, I don't know if that's just because it's men to men or obviously some of the guys I've coached have been older than me Um, whereas anytime I've coached women be it older younger whatever it's always been that response and that kind of respect Um, and that's what's led me to like keep being involved within women's football because obviously I've been involved in men's football as well. I'm involved in both just now. So you just I kind of you just kind of find that you get a wee bit better response from the women's game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <clears throat> again, um I'm curious as well because you started off with uh, the park sports project as a yeah. community football coach. But before before we even get to that, I'm just another question. Are you when it comes to um coaching yourself, it's obviously like very like you're very from what I've heard from people I've never actually experienced it but from what I've spoken to people they say it's like pretty much the 24-7 role but Mm -hmm. were you um were you always wanting to be a coach or was it just how did was it like when you were younger you were like because everybody kind of wants to be like you know policemen astronauts firemen all those sorts of people or were you like no I actually want to be involved in football and coaching and things like that well it's actually funny you mentioned policemen um it was I was actually in the recruitment process at Tally Allen Um, and and during the police and I failed by one mark Um, so that was a wee bit gutting but it was just by chance I was was on my way back from Tally Allen and I was checking the college courses because I left school and I just went straight to work I never really had like I kind of wanted to do stuff within sports but there was never like a set career that I wanted to go down and um, it was just one day I was in the car with my dad and was looking through the college course and I seen oh there's one at Cardonald and it's involved with Celtic so it was a programme where you go and you get taught by former Celtic coaches and um, the Leicesters as well. And that's how it developed into coaching. Um, and as soon as I started to look at that course and then obviously the interview for it, that's what kind of sparked like, a fire in me, thinking, here, I'm quite interested in this. Like, I had to look through, obviously, different coaching things. And being a football fan all my life, like, I've always been interested in the game. I always felt like I had a good understanding of the game as well. Mm. Um, and playing football all my life as well so when I seen that I was like this is a perfect opportunity and then obviously from the course it's worked really well 
um, getting employed with Celtic and then graduating college to now be at uni doing football coaching as well. So it was, it was kind of, it was never premeditated. It was never like, I want to be a football coach. It just kind of came about and, and it's probably the luckiest thing that's ever happened to me. Um, missing that by one mark because I couldn't see myself as a police officer. Um, I'm not gonna lie, I kind of went to do the process because I heard the money was good, <laughs> and I was like, ah, that'll be a decent job, it'll be a decent pay. Um, but I can never see myself being anything other than a coach now. Yeah, the yeah, I mean, speaking, there's a uh, the one of the gyms we used to train a police officer there was on like 40 grand or something. I was like, as a police officer, I was like. I thought, I thought you just got paid like 25, 30. And he was like, no, no, no. It's way more than that. We just don't put it out. I was like, what? Because uh, my, my starting was supposed to be 25. And I was like, I should be all right. A wee, a wee decent start off. And then I know, obviously, I know some of my mates and dads and that have got themselves in higher places and they're in their packet. But to be fair, money's, money's like an afterthought. I'd rather do something I enjoy. And I don't see myself as working a job now. Um, it's like living the dream basically I know it sounds cliche but I go to work and I don't feel like I'm working like because I'm involved in football and my full life is around football so I think I've managed to get a lucky break there yeah just just a little bit but was from that course was did that move you on to uh, the park sports or was that was that like before the course you were just telling us about or where, where did that fall in? so it was um, I was doing my my badges with the SFA at Tory Glen and I think it was my, I think it was my 1.2 badge. So my second badge that we'd done at Tory Glen. The, the college paid for them and we were there and we'd done sessions. And um, one of the guys, Alan Sharp, who owns Park Sports, had seen me after the session and goes, you seem like a good coach. You've got a great enthusiasm, that type of stuff. He was like, do you want to come work for me? And I was like, aye, definitely. Because um, at that point, I never really had any connections per se for football. Um, I played with Newlands, so I kind of took some of their training sessions here and there, but it was never like I had a set role as a coach. Um, and it was only when Sharpay came and offered me that job that I started to build my own role as a, a part-time coach at that point, obviously now full-time. Mm. What was the... So when when um, you left that to move on to West Sports, West, West Sports Academy, was that mm. a... a progression move or was that just another opportunity like you said that you met someone and you kind of just like clicked it was uh, yeah another opportunity to be fair um it was a bit uh, west sports um it was mostly like one-to-one sessions mm-hmm. um one-to-one sessions i do a couple of school sessions as well um and it just kind of developed on from there um from doing that i was just kind of earning myself a wee bit more money um, i wasn't really doing many sessions with park sports and I was like, that's an opportunity to actually earn a wee bit more now. Um, and that was up in Drumchapel. But obviously, I don't, I don't drive. So the reason why I ended up leaving there was because of the travel and having to get there. Was, I was end up just going even. Um, but I worked with some great, great players there as well. And the school sessions were a good laugh. Um, David, I was always great when I was working there. And there was always opportunities to go and do extra bits. Um, but with other stuff I had on at the time, it was, I thought I'd be as well trying to find something where I can, it was more feasible for me, where I can not be spending most of my wages getting here and there and back and everywhere. Yeah, yeah. I think that's that's the problem nowadays is that the, I, I guess as well is that they probably admired you as, as well because you were willing to 
take the initiative to like if you had to get like a I don't know how you travel but say like a bus a lift a taxi or like any any sort of like public transport or even getting a lift that shows initiative as well rather than if you can't actually drive to be honest but when you moved on to uh, this might get I, I did say I might get names wrong is it <laughs> Gif Nook Women's SC Gif Nook yeah Gif Nook yeah Gif Nook there we go. Yeah. was that like your first official proper coaching role you would say personally yeah, yeah. so that was like that was like my first team role um, obviously I'd, I'd done like one-to-one in community sessions with Park Sports and West Sports um, but that was like my first like not management but head coach role um, How did it feel getting that like getting that job and being in that environment because that was your first like well it wasn't like your first introduction because that's the wrong way to put it but it was your first introduction to like a team environment would be a better mm. way How did that feel to like step into there? Start starting off, it was a, it was a bit daunting. Like obviously, I was coming in to be. I was, I was actually supposed to work with another coach, but end up just being myself mm-hmm. um, for a couple of months. So coming in and doing the sessions, and obviously coming in, it was definitely was a fresh team. So definitely just started up um, their women's team. So it was kind of led on my responsibility to give us a style of play. Obviously, get to know the girls and have a build a good relationship with them, but. I'd say probably after about two or three weeks, I'd settled in. Um, the girls started to take to me quite well. We started to build our own style of play. Um, and I've still got a good relationship with the squad just now. With my friend, uh, Jack, who was on my course, I brought him in as my assistant. Um, and he's now the, the head coach after I'd left. Um, and I actually went to go see the girls a couple of weeks ago. And it was a, just the same reception that I had when I worked there. Mm-hmm. Um, it was good. It's a good bunch of girls. And it's a good club as well. Um, it's just I, it was a good step up for me um, and it made me I, I would say it challenged me as a coach at times obviously being the main coach and having players come to me to obviously I need to deal with like the admin side of it I need to deal with how we're going to be playing who's going to be in the squad having to drop people for the squad stuff like that so it gave me a good challenge and it gave me a step into more of what it's going to be like in the adult game um, and obviously taking a wee bit more responsibility instead of just being told, right, you've got this community session, you've got one-on-ones to do, can you do this? Um, so it gave me a wee bit of ownership and kind of leadership as well as a coach. Um, I kind of developed that in my, my own kind of coaching arsenal. Yeah, it's when you were, um, <clears throat> yeah, like I was, something you said there about like having to um, not get rid of players, but like, move players or like you know we're not using it for this or not because obviously you would have got like not like negative well you would have got negativity because you're telling somebody you can't how did it the first time you had to do that say like um tell a player that you know we weren't using you or we're having to let you go or something like that how did you approach that because that's from what i've heard from other people that's like that that's hard because you don't know how you don't know how they're going to react how did you approach yeah that's the thing i kind of like i kind of thought of the way that i had it when i was playing um, about how if I was maybe dropped or if I was having to play out of position or anything like that. And it was just on, honesty. It, it was just uh, the first thing I said to her was like, you're not going to be in the squad for this weekend. Um, I was like, there's nothing to do with your play or anything like that. It's just we have options there that will suit the style of play better. Um, and I was just, just straight up honest with her. Um, and I think she appreciated the fact I was honest. I said to her, I was like, we've got games coming up where your style of play is going to be a lot more suited to other players in the squad. Um, and it's it just kind of, not the reassurance, but gave her the, like, pro- actually probably reassurance, gave her the reassurance that 
it wasn't she's not she's out the squad and she's not coming back in. It's just the fact that she was going to get utilised in a different game. This maybe wasn't the game for her. Um, and she was going to get utilised against a different opposition where she could have thrived a wee bit more. It's a great way, great way of putting it as well. By the way, is that as long as like because I, I I can I've never played like that type of sports, more of a, a weightlifting type guy, so it's a little bit different. But mm. I do know from having uh, friends and stuff that it can it hits their ego a little bit, even though you're not supposed to like go about your ego and that. But it does, it hurts. But at least like again, great way of like showing somebody that it's not them. It's just. They, they just wouldn't fit in that scenario, you know what I mean? But you moved but that's, to from From that, I'd kind of taken off. Um, like, I'm a, a big supporter of Alex Ferguson. Uh, I've read his book and I've, I follow quite a lot of his things. And Alex Ferguson was never like a coach. He was always like a man manager. Um, mm. And he would he spoke in his book about how times he had to do it again with gigs and schools to the best players that you've got there. And like Nicky Button, that, the class of 92. Um, that was the way that he put it. He went, you're just not, this just isn't the game for you. And I was like, there's games coming up where you're going to be the first name in the team sheet. You're going to be the one that we need in the maybe harder surfaces or like softer pitches, stuff like that. Um, and that kind of stuck with me because um, I don't want, I wouldn't want to just say a player, right, you're out of squad and that's it. If I can at least give them a reason and give them a wee bit of assurance that maybe they do need to work harder or maybe that's what it is, or even if it is what I'm saying positional-wise or the type of situation the game is, as long as they've kind of got an answer, I feel that it's, you're going to get a better response because if you just leave them in the dark and go, not in the squad this week, see you next and see you training, it's, it's not it's not going to help them. And yeah. it's not going to want them to come back or want to work harder um, to get into the squad because they've not been shown that reassurance or faith that the manager's put in them. Yeah, I was just the way to say that. If if you were to be that, it's not brutal. It's more of like a that straightforward. They would turn around and be like, "Yeah, okay, well, they might end up being ten minutes late to training, twenty minutes late to training." And then you have to mm. think about it. it's like, why is that person that's, for example, if there was a, a a person that was like twenty minutes early, all of a sudden twenty minutes late, and it's like all oh, because you said that they're not this and that. It could, it could affect that. But say when um. Is, is a good is a good point actually say when like uh, that so that sort of stuff does happen and then you know and then you start to see the player like going down and like oh I don't feel appreciated you know obviously mm-hmm. it's not the way they put it but we all know how like mental health works and all that sort of stuff so yeah yeah when it when it comes down to that how do you then if you if you know the person's like like oh damn and you see them in training and they're not putting 110 percent in how do you then go to mm-hmm. them and be like look what's wrong with you even though you know it's because they weren't mm-hmm. in the game how do you then reassure them that way well, at, at times when I've had that, I've, there's been multiple times where I've had to have one-on-one meetings with players, um, even if it is just like, at the time, let Jack take the session and I'll take them away and just have a wee talk to them um, in the changing room or whatever, just speak away to them. And it's again, it's just, it's just down to honesty. Like, I'd, I always pride myself of being a coach of that. Then if I can be honest with them, then hopefully they can be honest with me. Um, and there was times where I had to take them away and just sit and talk to them and you would get the response where like oh I don't feel like I'm appreciated I don't think I'm going to get played I don't know if I want to be here anymore and it just it, it kind of goes back to the honesty thing like I, I would say I'm not going to promise you anything because if I promise you and let you down that's going to be much worse than being honest with you um, but I would always kind of give them kind of markers to hit so if like 
say it was them being late and their attitude started to change, if I could be like to them, well, if you get yourself back to maybe your your timekeeping or your attitude or your attention levels, something like that, if you can maybe do this bit for me, then that only increases your chances of getting back in the squad or mm. maybe increases your chance of having your time in the squad as well. Um, and it, ca- it came back majority of the time a positive response. Mm. You started to see players switching on to it. And the thing is, like I've, I've been lucky enough to work with Giffen. It was quite a tight-knit squad. So And it was full of a, a lot of like smart girls as well. So they knew that it was never a personal thing. It was never a bad thing. It was just had to happen for the game. Mm. Um, and I think that made my job easier. Because um, I know it can be hard if you're dealing with players that do kind of, when they've been dropped, they're just like, ah, I'm not doing this anymore, blah, 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 that type of stuff. Because um, I know what it's like, and especially when you're seeing the ego, if you, you do get dropped from a squad or if you're on the bench after like starting so many games, that type of stuff. And I've always felt that if I've, if I've been told honestly why I'm not in that position, then that's fine, as long as I've been told why. Um, and I think that's what most players want, is just to be told why these decisions are happening, why these decisions are being made. Um, and I think that helped any time that I was dealing in that type of situation. Yeah. So, like, because, yeah, it does, because as, as we know, like, the the mental health of the being so well spoken about and not so spoken about, it's hard to know that if what you're saying is actually affecting the person. So, mm. yeah, I, 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 you know, I totally feel you on that one. But um, in a huge respect to yourself for the way you put that, by the way. But so you moved from, well, yeah, you went from there to the University of Glasgow Women's. But I take it that's because you, like you were saying, you were, you're actually... Are you at there just now, or? No, 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 no. I've, I've, I was only at um, Glasgow Uni Women's for about three, four months. Three, was four that months. because you were at the uni? You were saying you were at uni studying it. Was that was because you were at the uni, or? No, no. It was. Um, I'd actually I'd left. Uh, I'd left Giffnock and I think I was, I was taking time away from the the team set up, and then I'd seen that it came up in an advertisement. Um, so I applied for it, got myself in. It was with the Glasgow. Glasgow Uni Women's three, uh, Threes set up. Um, so I was getting myself along the sessions and stuff like that. Decent quality, but it was just, when I was there, I just kind of felt that like I wasn't getting the same response as what I'd had before um, with obviously the players at Gifnock. Um, and I think that kind of, that's what made me think I was like, maybe maybe I just need to take a step back from it again. Um and I was I was only there for what two or three months, and then obviously COVID as well. Mm-hmm. So COVID kind of messed it up. We didn't actually get managed to get a chance at any games because of COVID. Um, and from that, I just kind of like drifted away because I had I had so much on with like working with Celtic and the foundation and the soccer academy and doing my own stuff that I was just like I kind of need to take my step back and take that time again, um, which is originally why I'd left Giffnock. Yeah, I was about to say that because then you went from uh, to uh, Ham- Hamilton, uh, the Ackies, but um, yep. that was only for a short amount of time as well, a couple of months. And taking it, that was the same thing. Like COVID kind of just messed that one up for you. Well, I'd I'd only I'd only came into Hamilton what October, just October there, October November. Um, as a video analysis again, I'd seen it on advertise, applied for it, um, and got the role, but. 
I'd, I'd only left there to kind of go, go progression-wise because um, I'm now at Kilmarnock Ladies doing the analysis mm-hmm. um, and the fact that um, I'm getting paid with Kilmarnock, there's opportunities to grow and progress and also have a chance to do some of my own coaching mm-hmm. there as well. Um, since I know Andy, I know Andy well with B, from being with BSE. Um, so it was kind of kind of too good an opportunity to miss. So I kind of I'd spoke I'd spoke with the guys at Hamilton and they understood that obviously being a coach it's hard to get paid roles. Mm-hmm. So they under, understood that from that aspect and I just apologised that it was such a short term that I was only with them for, but they understood that I, I couldn't knock back that position, um, especially when it would be more hands on and obviously getting paid for it as well. Mm. Now, your work with Celtic is, I was reading it earlier on and I was reading it obviously when I originally spoke to you and yesterday when I'm, I was like, obviously people trying like, I get trying read up on people. You've done a lot. You are still with them, but you've done mm. a lot for a, a lot for a lot for Celtic. Like a lot, a lot. It's surprising to see. It's it, it's great on yourself as well, but you're, you're to be able to do all that and do what you currently do. And we'll get mm. into the Celtic stuff because I'm really, I am really intrigued about that. But how do you then, because like you're saying, <clears throat> you're also with, you said uh, Kilmarnock and you're with um, the, uh, as you're saying, BSC and Celtic mm-hmm. and stuff. So how, how on earth do you, and obviously you need like downtime and social life. So how on earth do you manage your time? That's like, that's, I'm sure people would be really interested in that. Uh, I, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, I, I got asked this, I was doing, starting my C licence mm-hmm. last Thursday. Thursday there, um, but we'd done like a couple of ones before it, and my lecturers were talking to me because you, you had to fill out that's talking about what roles you do and that type of stuff. Mm. And they were like, How many days a week do you work? And I was like, seven, Six, seven. Um, Saturday's the only really day that I've kind of got less to do. Um, it's one of really the first team games I have on Saturdays, um, but every other day I've got, if it's not my own one-to-one coaching or team coaching it's uni um, it's working in the schools with Celtic it's doing the Celtic sessions it's doing analysis for Kelly um, but I'm, I'm, I'm a type of person where I see if I sit down for too long I just I get bored and I want to go do something anyway um, and I think see the fact of Covid of sitting in a house absolutely bored at my brain having to come up with I came up with a couple of training programmes through my own business stuff and done that with a couple of teams. And that kept me going. And I kind of promised myself that if there's opportunity, if there's work, I'm just going to do it because we don't know what's going to happen. Like, we could be under a lockdown. We we don't know because, Mm. like, anything can happen. So I thought that if I keep myself busy, then it means my brain's always ticking as well. Like, I'm thinking about football 24-7, so... I'll see something, maybe if I'm watching a game or if I'm at a game, I'll start to notice things. Um, and it's just constant about football. And I think like I'm res- I'm revolving myself around it, which personally works for me, but I know for other people it doesn't work. Um, I, I'm a type of person, I don't really need that much downtime because, um, as I said, I get bored. <laughs> so mm. when my, my downtime, I'll, I'll chill for a wee bit. I'll maybe go see my pals for a bit, but at the same time, I, I might be thinking here, I could be doing a wee bit of analysis. I could be watching this. I could be maybe developing this. Um, so it's just kind of how it works for me. Um, I know obviously not everybody's like that, but 
I think everybody needs to find out what works best for themselves and how their body reacts to it as well. Mm. Yeah, because you, you know, I, you were saying with the friends thing as well. It's it's very true. Like I know, um, if I'm gonna, I might get these words wrong, but I don't think I'm gonna, because an extrovert is a person who likes to go out all the time. Is that my correct in saying mm. that? Yeah. Right, so, okay, and uh, then usually, I know a lot of people used to. Sorry, know a lot. I say it like I'm old. I'm only twenty seven, but know a lot of people like that and they used to be like going out partying all the time and they've actually became introverts and I spoke to them not long ago and they said the exact same thing it's like because mm. hanging out with your friends is cool and that but when you're doing it six nights a week and all you go then you're going out of the weekends and yeah. you then you're wondering why like these people that are on like like yourself or on social media or anything like that are doing so well it's very so it's like because they're not doing that they became mm. they've kind of switched down and they became introverts so yeah you know it's 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 good in a way but Man, I always, I always, I'm always curious with that sort of stuff as well because people that do spread their time so thin do seem mm. to be in like the best positions because then the usual an opportunity usually comes up and they're like, "We'll take you because of everything you've done." Like you spread yeah. your time, and now if you can confine it into one particular thing, but, but that's, work- that's the thing as well. When I was like, obviously, when I was younger, I used to be the type of person like I work, working in retail. Mm. I was out most of the time. I was always seeing my pals and. We, we all grow up and we all get a wee bit older. Um, so most of me and my group of pals are 24, 25 now. So everybody's got their career. Everybody's got their job. Um, so obviously some of them have got their like, own like families and like houses and that now. So you, you find that they're obviously doing their own thing and I'm doing my own thing. And I, I think, see, when you do get your chance to have a downtime, you do have your off time when you get to go see them. It makes it a wee bit better because... When you see them all the time, nothing's new. Like you're just going over the same thing and same thing that you spoke about the day before, or you spoke about the last time you seen them. Whereas if I don't see them as much, there's always something new I can speak to them about. Like the time's spent a lot better, um, and I enjoy the time better with them now because I'm so busy that that I don't get to see them and I don't get to tell them about the stuff I'm doing as well. Mm, it's true. It's true. But it, again, no, it makes it makes it kind of like. Kind of sounds strange and very cliche, but it's true. It's more special when you actually see people because then you actually realise like the people that are going to stick around with you for the long run versus the people that mm. we all, I'm sure you did as well. We all had people we hung about with in school that we just don't, not associate with now, but we don't click with now because they're only in that kind of circle. And as you progress, yeah. it gets smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. Uh, it's a strange feeling, but yeah. Now you work with uh, the... Celtic, you were in, you're obviously you do the soccer academy and you do um the foundation coach. But we'll go from like we'll go we'll start on one and even though you're doing them both at the same time, we'll go obviously go from one to the other. So do you want to explain a little bit about what you do in the soccer uh, academy coach what that does and where you've been? The soccer the soccer academy was um, was through college, so it was like the first year. Um, me myself and two other boys had been lucky enough to get an interview with Celtic. Um, and we were in, I think it was what, after four or five months of college, we were in coaching with Celtic. Um, and that, from doing Soccer Academy, just now, which is weekly sessions, so I only do one session a week um, at Barrafield, but I used to do sessions at Lennox Town, which is where the first team obviously train. Um, I've done camps over Easter, all, all the holidays, where it'd be, say, Monday to Friday uh, at 10 to 3, where you do different sessions with different groups of kids, like from what I'd say three years old all the way up to 14, 15. Mm. Um, and 
obviously we've had the coaches convention as well. So coaches will come over for America, we'll talk to them, we'll lead them around the place. And I've had the chance to go to Chicago, Philadelphia and New Orleans um, and coach for Celtic as well. And that was within my first year being with Celtic. Um, over there, coaching clubs over there, um, doing team sessions and then doing community sessions. Um, and that was what, for a total of six weeks mm. um, the year before COVID. So hopefully this year with... Fingers crossed. There's nothing else changes, and I can go back. <laughs> yeah. Is what? What's the difference between like coaching over here to coaching over there? Like what? Because obviously, it's the same game, but obviously there'll be there'll be mm-hmm. some differences to it. But yeah, I think it's just uh, like um, uh, football's a, like, a big growing sport in America. Um, it's getting a lot bigger than it used to be, and there's a lot. It says a lot more enthusiasm. Um, obviously, you, there'll be kids who have had me every single week for the past six to eight weeks or at Barrafield. Mm. But the when I go across um to the States, these kids know they've only got me for two weeks. Um and it's kind of like obviously they're, they're valuing the time um that we obviously myself is taking and any other coaches that have taken to go across um and coach them. And I think the fact that obviously because of Celtic and the name behind Celtic is that they know it's going to be a proper Sessions with the proper coaching as well, um, and I just think I think the enthusiasm over there is massive, um, because as I said, it's it's a growing sport. Um, more, I'd, it just depends. I think it's maybe because I'm coming from Scotland, um, over the states that I'm a wee bit more attentive. Um, but that's probably because they've been told right there's a Celtic coach coming, best behaviour and that type of stuff as well. Um, but I think it's just the, the enthusiasm and the attentiveness is the, the key aspects of what you get when you go across and coach in the States or when you coach anywhere because I know there's a few boys that have been in the soccer academy have been in like, Australia, Italy, here, there and everywhere because I think we've got what 81 partner, partner clubs across the world so it's, it's spread quite a lot everywhere Yeah, damn Was, that, was you going to... Um... Chicago is that where you originally like not like picked well yeah well, well that that'd be a good question picked to go or was it you were like no I've seen that and well Chicago is a cool place to be fair but mm-hmm. so like it's, it's that thing as well but was that where you picked to go or were you were you just kind of like were they like here's your options and this way you can choose yeah but we're, we're kind of like given so the coaches um unless you're known by a coach over there then our bosses will like allocate us to places um, and obviously ask us if we're able to do the time frame and do the time period as well. Um, and it's kind of, it's not like, right, you've got here, 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 you can go here. They're like, if you can do this, then we'd like you to go here. Because obviously they've looked at the the type of club that we work with over there, the stature of the club. Because um, when I was in Philly, we worked with YMS, which is one of the original teams that are linked with Celtic um, numerous years ago. Um, and it was good to go work with them because they've had coaches over for years and years um, and the stature of their club. So I think it just it just depends on what coach they think would fit that role best. And obviously, if you go with a group of coaches, um, I have obviously I'm good pals with some of some of my best my best pals within Celtic because I've worked with them for so long and I've like we've got close and we've been away and abroad together. So they might be like, right, these two work together. They've worked together for years. They've worked together well. We'll maybe send them there. Um, 
And also, if you've got your badges, if you've got more, like, maybe say you're coaching your CRC licence or your children's licence, or maybe if you've got some coaches who've got their B licence, they might get sent to different camps because there's elite camps as well. So if you've got the higher grade badge, you get sent to an elite camp where coaches might, uh, players might have the chance to come over to Scotland and have a trial. Um, so there's different grades and different levels. And it just I think it just depends on how what your work you've done before and if you're a reliable good coach to depend on where you go. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. So your uh, work with the Celtic Foundation coach, is that linked with the other work you do or is that something like a different entity type thing? Yeah, it's kind of like a different entity. Um, Celtic Foundation is more of the charitable side. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, they've done a lot of fundraising for the club and they do a lot of like stuff in the community. So I've worked in the foundation doing Old Trum Alliance where I would coach with a Rangers coach and we would go take sessions to schools. Uh, I've done a joint movement programme. One of them, one I was actually doing today, um, as you go to schools and you've got a six-week block where you teach kids about healthy eating, balanced diet, about how exercise is key um, for their day-to-day living, um, about water, hydration, and then you would take them for a coaching session. Um, and not necessarily that doesn't need to be football because obviously not, 30, 30 kids in a class and they're going to love all of football um, so you maybe mix it up and do different types of sports different types of physical challenges um, and it's really rewarding at times because obviously you work with kids that have got obviously different like learning abilities and different capabilities and you do really see the difference that the six weeks makes with some kids um, speaking about a kid we had today um, I was talking to his teacher when I started and he was quite a shy kid he's, he's got autism and he doesn't really like to get involved in PE and now he's biting my hand off to be the first person in the session he can't wait to get in and run around and play the games because he's been like brought into it a wee bit he's kind of eased into it um, and it's good to see that type of stuff as well mm. um, I've also done the, the FIT course which is for people of a certain weight who come into the stadium and we work on how can we fix maybe stuff in their diet, how can we get them more exercise and just give them a, a better standard of living. Um, and maybe you would go play football with them, you would take them on runs, do assault courses, stuff like that. And even that as well, that was, I think that was a 12-week programme that we'd done before COVID. Um, and that was rewarding to see because you see the real difference like physically um, in these people. Um, but you also see like they're a lot more happier like because they're having a healthier lifestyle and most of the majority of the stuff that I've done within the foundation has been really rewarding because you do get to see the difference that you can make to someone's life just by telling them a few things in an hour's session once a week. Mm, yeah, yeah, that's awesome again. But, you know, that's, <clears throat> that's, that's one thing you do. So the next thing you do is, uh, your, is your own business, something is best mm-hmm. soccer best. coaching. How, what, how does that, um, like, does that, is that completely, I don't know if this is a silly question or not, but is that like completely your own stuff? So it's nothing to do with like Celtic or anything else you do. Is that like your own? Yeah, just, just my own, just my own. Yeah. Do you yeah. want to explain a bit about like, what well, I know it's obviously it's coaching, but like a bit of like what you do and stuff like that. Yeah, so um, this was, I think this was what, near the middle of the first lockdown. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought thought to myself, I was like, right, I'm not doing anything. I'm sitting in the house. How can I 
one, make myself money, and two, keep myself coaching. So I started working, I started like doing sessions for Trump Sagard under 15, which is near where I stay. Um, and then I thought I could start to do one-to-one coaching as well. And then it kind of branched out. So I started doing online sessions with uh, Drum, Drum Chapel, Drum Sagard, and Ben Burp during lockdown, where I would take them for a half an hour presentation. So present to them maybe on a style of play, um, a team, a footballer, a manager, anything within the game, and kind of break something down that maybe they won't have seen before or maybe they didn't understand before, and then take them for a little skills practice over Zoom. So I would, I would literally be in my room with a football, doing like touches and that with them and just making sure that they kept, they had something to do with football. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of grew, it grew itself arms and legs. I started doing my own podcast with football coaches, um, started being a, a lot more active in social media. Um, and then that's how we started to do more of the team sessions. Mm-hmm. So I'd had my, my friend Jack came on with me uh, and we ran our own Easter camp last year. Um, where we managed to get a videographer down to come do like a, pro- a promotional video for us. Um, and it's helped develop um, a relationship, certainly with Drum Saggard. Um, I'm still going down every Thursday, taking the, the team sessions, working on shape, maybe working on fitness, different aspects of the game, whilst also taking a few of the players for one-to-ones um, on Fridays. So it's just kind of, like, kind of building and we're looking to try have a a coaching outlet for uh, online so we've got a website we just kind of need to get the like the kinks worked out on it um it's to put up like coaching sessions basically to make like a coaching hub like if you've got uh, the way that we were trying to market it was like a facebook or instagram for coaches so you can go on and the coach can see a session i can coach can put up a session kind of linkedin as well so there's obviously job opportunities so they can put a session up, they can talk about it, they can put a video up of a session, photos of maybe how their team's done at the weekend, and then we would upload, maybe say Jurgen Klopp talking about playing out for the back, or maybe how Real Madrid successes came back recently, whatever that is. Um, so they get to see something that's different for them, um, but also have like the job board side of it where it's only specialised to football coaches, because it can, LinkedIn's a, a busy place, it's a big place as well. And football coaches, unless you've got the right people or you're following the right things, you can get lost within it. Um, so just try to create that own little hub for football coaches where they can show off their success, gain more knowledge and obviously try to get themselves out there and get their name known as well. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, what's your uh, What's your podcast called? So anybody that's watching this can go and watch your podcast. Uh, it'll be under Best Soccer Coaching. It'll be the Coach's Corner. So right. we've had a few coaches like um, Andy Gardner, uh, Kilmarnock, mm-hmm. uh, Fran Alonso, Daniel Lennon, Sandy Stewart. I've done a couple with like my own coaches as well. So my, my friends. So it's good. They give kind of gives an insight because that's professional coaches I'm talking about. So mm-hmm. gives an insight for how they went about the game, how they got into the game, their thinking and the decisions and kind of how they look at it. But then you've also got the aspect of myself and other coaches who are at my level just now, how we see things and how we see the game and that. And we've got a few few coming up soon with some players, some ex-players um, and some coaches as well. So it's trying to build it up. So it's a wee, and again, an extra outlet for coaches to watch. 
Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Good on you, man. But so uh, another thing you do, as I said, for the, the third thing you do, it's it's crazy that you do so much that's like a lot of like um I always like to relate relate it back to myself, you know, uh, uh college slash uni, you could call it two podcasts and uh I compete in a strongman. So it's but it's a little bit different. That's kind of like they're kind of all different in a way, they're all different types of things. It's very mm-hmm. rare you meet somebody that actually does a lot of one thing. Like as as weird as that sounds, if you get where I'm coming from. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, now BSC Glasgow FC. See when um and oh, well, uh, another question actually before we get into your job. See with working at like in Kilmarnock as well, with working mm-hmm. at so many different clubs. Do, is there any like ever conflicting? They're like, oh, I don't know if you should do this. I don't. Or they're fully like, no, if you want to do it, just go and do it. No, no. Every, everybody's all all good with it. Um, as I said, Andy's involved with BSC um, alongside Kilmarnock, so that works hand in hand. Um, there is times where I have to take nights off, but that's that's everything spoken about. Um, I've kind of managed to get my diary where there's no overlapping, there's no conflicting nights, um, and I've, I've kind of been lucky that way. And um, I spoke to Andy about that when coming in, um, because they train Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, um, and I'm only there on a Tuesday for the analysis because obviously I've got BSC on a Wednesday and then. Uh, drum side on my own thing on the Thursday and he was very understanding he obviously understands I'm trying to make it as, as big as I can working as hard as I can um, so that that's one thing I've never really had with any of the jobs is I've never really had a, con- a conflict of interest mm. which has been a lot easier for me <laughs> Yeah, that's what I was thinking as well because all different and I know like how as I said to you before we started I'm a fan of like the game football, I just love it I don't, mm. I'm, not, like, I'm not a specific team as such but so it, that was always that and I know there's obviously a lot of like rivalries and stuff so I was curious like is there any but I mean it is good to hear that it's not affecting yourself it's maybe just like other people think it would but it doesn't actually affect you I think that's a good thing it's a really good thing but with them um, what what is it you do at um, BSC Glasgow I know you're the assistant uh, football coach but is that just again is that to like perfect your skills and stuff like that and being a coach yeah, so I'm the under-20s assistant coach and I help out with the, the first team as well. So the first team's at semi-pro level, at junior level, um, and the 20s are in the development league as well. So that was kind of a step up. Um, so obviously it's semi-professional, it's getting closer to the, the, the big game. Um, and I'm, I'm the assistant for the 20s, so myself and Tam, who's the, the main coach, we work in coincide with taking sessions, obviously, talking about the game and that. Obviously, Tam, Tam's got the final decision for team lines, etc. but it's, everything's kind of, we've worked together. Um, we'll speak about the team lines. He'll give me his thoughts and then I'll speak to him. I'll be like, right, this looks good. This is good. We, we can maybe use him here and stuff like that. Um, so taking the sessions, it's kind of like the sessions getting split down the middle. Um, also taking the goalkeepers there as well. So that's giving me another bit in my um, coaching arsenal as well because um, you're 20s and our first team train together it's just kind of like because of the progression we want to obviously show the progression level um, then working together helps it so much because you're all around the, the same environment so when it goes comes to a Saturday um, when I'm now starting to help out on the Saturdays like you're known and it's just it's a comfortable environment Um and I think it was like the first or second session. I think I'd said to Tama, I was like, it just, it just kind of clicks in here. Um, but I feel comfortable. I felt comfortable after my first session. Um, and I think that was the main thing, especially for the level that they're at. And it's good because because of their 
on the brink of going like semi-pro and that type of stuff as well. Times, times I've heard of boys who like they kind of have like egos because they're they're not playing amateur anymore. They're get semi-pro. They're getting there. Um, but that's one thing I've certainly not had. The BSE is all the boys are great. They work hard for you, um, and it's good because we we always try to devise different things to help the boys, like fitness plans. We show them graph statistics of the games. We're going to be doing video on the games soon as well, so we'll be getting video analysis to be done, and it's really it's appreciated for the boys, and it obviously helps myself and Tam and Stephen Gareth and obviously Andy as well. Everybody that's in working within the first team in the twenties, it helps develop everybody because we're all kind of working together for like the same goal. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So you do it, you know, in the Kilmarnock Football Club as well. Um, it's video analysis. You said you do there mm-hmm. as well. How is yeah. that? How is um when you're in these big teams, uh, you know, like uh, Kilmarnock and obviously BSC and uh, Celtic and all, you know, everything else you've been in. How does it mm-hmm. feel to be involved in teams you probably followed when you were younger? That you're obviously you're doing all these things with all these different clubs, but then it's like the when like. How to say this. When the realization hit you at first, you were like, "Wow, these teams have been around. Like these are the biggest teams. Like you know, your mom, your dad. Think they were around when they were younger. You know, it's it's yes. crazy. How did you? How did that hit you? Like how did you deal with that? If you get what I'm, if you get what I'm trying to say here, I think it just kind of gave, kind of gave me. It was mostly like a sense of pride. Um, obviously, working with commander ladies is it's a, it's a massive thing because. One of the biggest clubs in Scotland, um, certainly the women's side as well, is one of the biggest clubs in Scotland. Um, and obviously, working with Celtic Soccer Academy and BSE, a big club from the semi pro junior level. Mm-hmm. Um, it just it kind of gives me a sense of pride to look at what I was doing three years ago, and just maybe doing one to one coaching, doing community sessions, to now be involved in team setups of well respected and well known teams. Mm-hmm. Um, it just kind of it gives me that look at the progression I've had. Um, and it's good to like look back on and be like, I was only doing one to ones. I was only starting off with community sessions, and now I'm at a level where I'm honing my skills into video analysis. Um, I'm working with in a twenties and first team setup, and it's just, it's just, yeah, it's just a, a sense of pride. To be fair, that's mostly what I, I get out of it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. When you're, um, you know, in a, a everybody knows the question I'm about to ask because I always say it when I'm going to ask it, and um. When you're involved with all these types of clubs, and um, you obviously, you know, we'll, we'll, um, we'll get like your social, well, your social media that you know you want to give everyone, we'll get that like towards mm-hmm. the end and stuff. But when it comes to like um, your social, your like your personal social media type stuff, mm-hmm. or you know, a lot, well, like we've kind of like realized that a lot of people have like their personal side and then their coaching side. Like the coaches have met, that's tend to like the way they run it, um, which yeah. is fair enough. But do you think that you should watch what you post on social media when it comes to, um, you know, because one, because you're representing in a way huge teams, like it, it is, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's probably a very like daunting thing for you to hear, but it's true. So when you're representing these teams, do you watch what you post and like what you say and the way you think, because things can get like screenshot and stuff. Is that something that you're always on, is always on your mind? Yeah, yeah, that's like, I've, um, I'm similar to the other coaches we were saying, kind of have like my own thing in my coaching side, because um, I, I, I wouldn't want to like mix it, like obviously if I had a lot of posts with like my family, I wouldn't want my coaching side or my coaching social media to have pictures of my family um, or to be uh, pictures of my friends, I'd rather keep it separate, but yeah, I think, I think obviously because you do have 
there, there might be like other people that look up to you, there might be other coaches that look up to you, or there might be other players um, that respect the fact, the fact of what you've done, and not just me, just in general. Um, and I think obviously you, you do need to keep like that sense of like you're a role model to people, um, especially when I go into the, the schools with the kids. Like the reason why they, they tend to listen to me is because I'm seen as a role model because I've got this badge in my chest. Mm. Um, and I think you just kind of need to, if you kind of just live your life like that and just kind of thinking like that in general, obviously you can have like your own posts in that, but anything like I don't, I just kind of like keep myself to myself that way. Um, I have like my own personal Instagram or my own personal Twitter and it's private because I don't want anyone from like my coaching side being like oh he said this about a game he said this about a player and not that anything bad but like if I don't know I'm maybe saying that I don't know Ronaldo was rubbish last night or something like that and someone's going oh this coach has said that Ronaldo's rubbish or anything like that mm. it's just like you, you need to obviously keep that sense of you are a role model to people you do have this not change change of persona but you do have like this how to describe it where but people look at you and like you're a professional yeah you yeah yeah have to conduct like conduct yourself in a certain way um and I think that's the thing that like, obviously we conduct ourselves in a certain way when we coach and when we're on the, the pitch and when we're like in these classrooms and that as well. And I think if you can have that persona and the same persona to show what other people can see, then you're fine. Like as long as as long as you're not being mean to anyone, you're not being cruel, or you're not get like questionable opinions, <laughs> I think you'd be fine. Um, and that's that's the thing. I just kind of keep myself myself with that type of stuff anyway. Yeah, yeah, that's all. Great answer as well. Great answer. Um, but when um, when you're like, uh, you know, obviously you're spending your well, you are spending yourself thin, which is great. But when you do that, um, you're obviously going to like be able to um, you know, figure out what your flaws are, figure out what you're good at, figure out what you're you know, bad, we, nobody's perfect. So like everybody can say like, I'm bad at this, I'm bad at that. But yeah, do when you've got your, um, you know, you're doing so much professional work, how do you, like, what would you say your biggest like flaw was and like professionally? And then maybe if there's more than, I don't think there'll be more than one to be honest, but if there was more than one professionally and then personally, what would you say is like some flaws you have? I would, I would probably say, maybe it comes down to the time thing. Um, I still managed. I managed to get my work done. I managed to get everything done that's needed. But I think if I was more like precise with my timing, because mm. um, I get the work done, but I know for a fact that if I was better with my timing, I used my time wiser. Um, it would make my life a wee bit easier. Mm. Um, probably. I think maybe at times, certainly with university, is overthinking. Um, I've certainly had that even at college, just overthinking tasks, um, thinking it's not something that is. It might be a simple task, but because I want to work well and want to do well, I'm overthinking. I'm like, oh, would this be better? And kind of overworking, like over like giving me too much of a workload 
um, when it can be done simpler and can be done so much easier. But I think that's I think that's just the way that I am, and it's just the way that I actually work. Is oh, obviously I want to give out the best I can that I can do to the best of my ability. So I will always try to find a way to improve it or that. And at times, like if it's not broken, don't fix it. So I think I need to take that into like thinking about it that way um, and maybe change change the way I'm thinking of planning and that type of stuff as well. Yeah, yeah. What about um, personally? What would you say is because it seems like if if obviously if you you know don't mind my candor, I'd say you're I personally I'd be like you know it doesn't seem from the outlet you have a lot of like me time like you can like sit down and be like turn off and switch mm-hmm. off. Is that something you would say one of your flaws is you don't have that relaxation time? Yeah, I would say that probably is that's probably one of my biggest flaws. Is I don't I don't have enough time to reflect, um, which at times can hinder progress. Um, obviously looking at sessions, looking at maybe videos I've done or maybe university work. I don't really give myself that time, my, uh, give myself that time to reflect, mm. to sit back and go, right, could I have done this better? Could this have been better? Could I maybe have went about this a certain way? Could I maybe put this coaching point in? Could just have a look and see how I can improve? Um, so I think if any, any line of work you're in or any career that you're in if you want to progress you need to have a look at your flaws and how you can kind of mend flaws or how you can improve um, and I just now I'm not really giving myself that time um, and I think that I kind of need to allocate that a wee bit better um, but again that comes with trial and error so it's something, something I'm trying to bring into my personal life and my work life is maybe having that little bit more time where I can sit down and reflect over sessions or video analysis or university work where I can go right I can do this better I should be doing this this and this yeah awesome yeah and I think that the um if you can the reason I asked that as well is because with someone like yourself if you can figure out your flaws like you just did you'll now be able to like you probably go off this podcast and think about them and then implement them and change it because I do think it's mm-hmm. It's very like um, it's a great thing when you can actually identify flaws because that's how like like you just said that's how you improve that's how you get better and like how you push yourself forward. But you know the the last question I want to ask yourself is that you know with with all this sort of stuff and um, like you're saying with everything you do in that what would you like if you had to say not your five year goal like the cliche thing everybody's parents mm. ask them they always ask that but like you will say like you're not even I won't put a time limit on it because it's well, it's hard when you do that type of thing because you never actually yeah. know, like, obviously we've had a pandemic and then before that, you know, fuel prices made it really hard for people to get about and things like that. There's loads of different things that, like, change people's plans and stuff. But mm. if you had to say your plans for the whole, you know, future would be a great, as a great word, like I said, what would you say they were? Like, do you have, like, any idea where you want to be or are you quite, you just kind of quite want to stay where you are? What's your, what's your Um First of all, get my driving license. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that would that would be that would be a short term goal, hopefully. Um, but with, with with my university course, it takes me on to my B license next year, my B youth the year after, and then on my A license. Mm-hmm. Um, so my my dream and my goal is to go professional, is to be a professional coach, to be at one of the top teams. Um, whether it's the aspect of a head coach or maybe even an assistant or even within video analysis or scouting as well, scouting's another avenue I've kind of looked down or maybe even a goalkeeper coach. 
my my main goal is to go pro, um, and it doesn't matter if it's pro at a lower league team or if it's one of the higher teams or if it's abroad or whatever it is. If I can be part of a pro setup, then that would be a sense of that a dream came true, a dream of achievement, um, and I, I feel that within the, what the next that would be the next three years within getting my A license, I would only be. 27 get my license mm. I think that stands me in good stead um, which can then obviously lead on to me try to get my pro license um, which can take me to coaching pro teams so obviously there's numerous factors that can affect that within the next couple of years but all going well and no factors hindering it then ideally within probably just get breaking into my 30s ideally being a pro setup. That's awesome, yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing. Good on you as well. And uh, I do want to like appreciate your time and everything, especially considering the amount of work you do. That's why I was so like, <laughs> as soon as you said like, um, you know, I was actually going to be running late as well. So kind of thank God you said that a little bit. But yeah, and <laughs> yeah, that's why I was determined to have you on because I know how like valuable you can clearly see, and everybody that's obviously listening as well can clearly listen and see that how valuable time is to yourself. So I do appreciate that, and I'm sure everybody will. I appreciate your time but what um we'll go back to like uh just you know your social media type stuff and uh, in the sense of like what is there any social medias that you want i'll obviously get them off you um after the podcast and then i'll you know we'll, we'll figure out the description and stuff but what's your uh what is your social medias that you know you want people to shout out and follow and stuff like that um it would mostly be the, like the best soccer one so on instagram it's at best soccer coaching um, on Twitter, my personal coaching page is Lewis B Coaching, um, and you've also got the BSC Coaching, um, is the best soccer one, and uh, Facebook best soccer coaching as well. YouTube best soccer coaching, um, keep it pretty simple. Um, the TikTok as well, we do a couple of little videos in TikTok. Um, not posted recently, but I'll, I'll try to get some more content up on that. Um, and that's best soccer coaching as well. Even yeah. if, as soon as it comes up, best soccer coaching, it should come up quite easy there as well. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, well, I appreciate again, again, uh, I appreciate your time. And honestly, the uh, the road, if if you keep going the road that you're going on, uh, it would be it would be great to see where you are in like five years or ten years and stuff. So definitely, definitely want to like keep in touch and maybe get you back on when you're like maybe even yeah. coaching Celtic or something. That'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope so. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, uh, thank you very much for watching, guys. You know, I appreciate everything. And um, again, we're now like literally everywhere. Like there's not a place you can't go, thanks to Spotify, I have to say, that uh, they're spreading it everywhere for us. So like I really appreciate that. And uh, yeah, thank you very much for watching. Uh, like, comment, subscribe. And again, thank you very much for being here.